0: And welcome to Hour of Devastation, we're a brand new weekly Magic Gathering podcast. We'll be talking all things magic. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me is... Sam Neil. And today we are going to talk about several things. Uh, so first of all, we're going to talk about what we're playing in Standard and Modern. We're going to have a card of the week. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of Masters 25, because that's very exciting. And then we have a little feature which we're going to call What The Deck, which we will pick sort of, let's say, interesting decks uh, that we've spotted online, and we're going to have a talk about them. Sweet. So, should we begin with a Cracker Pack? Sounds good to me. So this week, I thought, since it's our first show, we are Hour of Devastation. Let's go for an Hour of Devastation pack. Mm -hmm. So Cracker Pack is simple. I'm going to go through each of the cards one by one, and then we're going to decide, out of these packs, if we were playing in draft, which one we would pick first.
1: You're going to have to sort of guide me through this, because I didn't draft a lot of Hour. Okay. So my choices on picks might be completely off. Okay, so
0: I enjoyed Hour of Devastation draft a lot. Uh, I wasn't particularly too hot on Ket, and then I think Hour of Devastation really improved on the format. I managed to draft that quite a bit. Drafted some quite degenerate decks, so (laughs) let's see what happens this time. Open it up. So, first up, we have Firebrand Archer. That is a 1 and a red for a 2 1 human archer. Uh, whenever you cast a non creature spell, Firebrand Archer deals 1 damage to each opponent. So
1: pretty frim- so far.
0: Yeah, it's decent. Mm-hmm. After yep. that, we have Kenra Eternal. That is a 1 and a black. It's a 2 2 for a zombie jackal warrior with afflict 1. Uh, flicked was Whenever this creature becomes blocked Defending player loses one life mm-hmm. Would you pick that over I the archer?
1: I like doing nonsense So I'm inclined more to go for the archer Than yeah. drafting a horrendous amount of spells
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that one I think the archer's still a pick there Sweet. So next we have Beneath the Sands That is two and a green for a sorcery Which is search your library for a basic land card Put it on the battlefield tapped And then shuffle your library But it also has cycling too
1: I don't mind that card
0: it's yeah it's fine i've played it in several draft decks mm-hmm. like sometimes you need more land if you don't it's a cycler cycling is a great mechanic yeah I've, you know i wouldn't first pick it but i've definitely played it
1: was there a ramp deck in the format
0: there were like a sort of ramp decks there were some nice sort of big green creatures like sifter worm was the uh, the spicy one i guess yeah, sure. it was pretty good so yeah, I would definitely play it, but I'm not first picking that. Yep. So next up, we have Graven Abomination. That is a three mana, so three generic mana. Artifact, creature, horror. It's a three one. And when it attacks, you can exile target card from defending player's graveyard. Mm, I'm not sure. No. Again, I've played it if need be, but I I don't mm-hmm. think I would ever see a scenario where I'm first picking it.
1: I mean the, the, if your opponent's
0: playing embalm or those creatures even I'm then just trying to get credit. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> even then you've in in arm <coughs> especially there were lots of sort of minus one, minus one counters going about. So dies like to anything. Does the arc deal damage to
1: creature
0: or player? It's just to each opponent. Oh
1: man.
0: So it doesn't even die to
1: the architect, okay. yeah, right. it
0: doesn't even target. So yeah, we're not taking this uh Graven Abomination there. Abomination being the key word. Uh, next up, we've got Striped Riverwinder. Uh, a bit of a, a pauper all-star at the moment. Yeah, I know. Like it. So it's uh, six colourless or well, six generic, sorry, and one blue. Uh, mm-hmm. This is for a creature serpent. It's a 5-5. Five, five. It has hexproof, so it can't be the target of any spells or abilities your opponent's control. And it has cycling for one blue. I
1: mean, I like this lot in pauper.
0: Yeah, it's... It's powerful. Solid. Absolutely solid card. I mean, cycling... There was a cycling deck. Uh, mm-hmm. It's... You know, it's possible. I mean, I tried to play this in
1: standard, and it was pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, it's it's a good card. Whether I would first pick it over the Firebrand Archer, it's still, still a little yeah, unsure. I don't
1: think so.
0: Yeah, I think Archer still, still has to be the one. So, after that, we've got Survivor's Encampment. So that was a land, mm. a desert, and you can tap it to add one colourless to your mana pool, or you can tap it and tap an untapped creature you control, add one mana of any colour to your mana pool. No,
1: I'm not first picking
0: that. Never, no. No, No I don't think I even played it in draft decks. Yeah, it seems bad. Yeah, it wasn't great. (laughs) So that's a definite no on that one. The next one is more interesting, definitely. It is a Thorned Moloch. So that is a 2 generic and a red uh, for a 2-2 creature lizard, which has prowess. So whenever you cast a non-creature spell, it gets plus 1, plus 1 till end of turn. And it has first strike as long as it's attacking.
1: I like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I've played it in quite a few Arrow Devastation decks. Pretty much any any red deck. Any red deck you play, you'd be happy taking a Thorn Moloch. First pick, yeah. again, I'm not so sure. Like, I think it might be slightly better than the Firebrand Archer. Yeah, I think
1: they're both in the same deck. I think you're hoping the Archer Wheels are that, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's probably the call. So I think so far we're going with the Thorn Moloch. <laughs> After that, we have another red card. It's a Kenra Scrapper. So that is 2 generic and a red for a Jackal Warrior, that's a 2-3 with Menace, and you can exert it as it attacks. When you do, it gets plus 2, plus 0 until end of turn.
1: Uh, I'm not sure I like that as much.
0: No, again, I'd be happy to play it in my red deck, you know, it's a 4-3 yep. with Menace for 3 mana, It's mm-hmm. you know, that's fine, get some damage in, but I, I wouldn't want to first pick it. No. So after that we have an Aerial Guide, that is yep. Two generic and a blue for a 2 2 flying drake. Whenever aerial guide attacks, another target attacking creature gains flying until end of turn.
1: Yeah, I did play this card. I've definitely played this card. Yeah,
0: I've played it too. It's fine. It's one of those types of cards that you'll see in most flyer decks. I'd be happy to play it. I don't think I would first pick it though, um, based on the format. Sure. Like Maybe if you had the, the Sliver Blade deck, sure, but. That deck's good. Pretty... Yeah, this card's going to wheel definitely. So, okay. yeah, I wouldn't first pick that. Okay, sure. After that we've got a card which I I'm just gonna say no, we're not first picking this. It's uh <laughs> Dutiful Servants. So that is three yeah. generic and one white for a two five a zombie. Yeah, no abilities, funny. nothing fancy, just you yeah, know Yeah, we're I'm not playing bad. that. <laughs> After that we've got something slightly more interesting. We have unconventional tactics. Mm-hmm. So that's a two generic and a white. That is a sorcery target creature gains plus three plus three and gains flying until end of turn and whenever a zombie enters the battlefield under your control you may pay white if you do return unconventional tactics from your graveyard to your hand okay i feel like i've seen i've seen this card drafted quite a few times but there was never Mm -hmm. quite never quite a deck there was white black zombies
1: a deck in that
0: format yeah it was a thing like white black zombies was definitely playable but Mm -hmm. very rarely did i ever see anyone cast unconventional tactics more than once Okay, so it's playable, but if you're anymore. first picking it, you you know you're gonna have to be forcing a deck, and yeah, that's sure. not great.
1: I mean, I do, do that all the time. Yeah, me too. Usually, I a cube, and I haven't forced re-anime I feel like I failed.
0: So yeah, if I'm not pack one picking a blue deck and you know, in cube, then you know, is it really <laughs> yeah, cube? It. Yeah. So that's that's a note on unconventional tactics. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we've got a second uncommon there. It's a Dagger of the Worthy. That is an mm-hmm. artifact equipment. It's for two generic mana and target creature gets plus two plus zero and has afflict one uh, so whenever it becomes blocked a defending player loses one life and has a quipper cost of two so i like, not picking this no yeah again like if i had to play it because i had no other option sure but yeah i i don't think i'd actively draft it no i think
1: i'd probably play truthful
0: servants than that i yeah i think i agree with you on that one <laughs> all right so we come to our last uncommon now Mm-hmm. It is the Eternal of Harsh Truths, so that's a 2 generic and a blue for a creature, Zombie Cleric. It's a 1-3, and it has Afflict 2, so whenever it becomes blocked, defending player loses 2 life. And whenever Eternal of Harsh Truths attacks and isn't blocked, you draw a card. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What,
1: are you picking that?
0: No. No, I, w- I wouldn't pick it. If it had been any of a color. a colour. It's been a long time since I've done an Hour of Devastation draft, but mm-hmm. I feel like Blue wasn't necessarily a powerful colour unless you yeah. assembled a proper you know Drakehaven Cyclone deck or sure. you had a you know you had the, the Sliver Blade deck. Yep. Eternal of Harsh Truths. Sure it might we might play it, but we're definitely not first picking it.
1: Sure. So where where are we so far
0: on the first pick? First pick, currently the Thorned Moloch, the uh, three mana two two with prowess.
1: Okay, so we're just hoping for a Scarab God to bow out of the water, right?
0: Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Like <laughs> it's you know it's gonna be Invocation Scarab God. It is. Sweet. <laughs> let's get to what's, what's the rare? <laughs> so the rare, we've got It's an overwhelming splendor So mm. that is 6 generic and 2 white For an enchantment It's an aura and a curse uh, It has <laughs> enchant player Creatures enchanted player controls lose all abilities And have base power and toughness 1-1 one, one. Enchanted player can't activate abilities That aren't manner abilities or loyalty abilities
1: Yeah, I'm I'm taking this
0: yeah, it's it's the pick definitely. I did find that a lot of the time you might not even get to a point in the game where you could play that in Arrow Devastation Draft. True. I mean, if you do, if you do get to cast it and it resolves, then you're probably winning that game. But. Mm-hmm. You know we're gonna have to draft a pretty pretty sweet ramp deck to to get there
1: oh yeah but i'm all about forcing that like forcing a deck where i can resolve humility seems absolutely fine oh yeah
0: absolutely absolutely and yeah white wasn't it wasn't too bad a color so yeah i think that's the pick sweet. definitely over the full moloch and the firebrand archer yep. which were you know the two playable cards definitely sure i mean going through
1: that has reminded me that i know literally no cards from our devastation
0: yeah it's been a while it's been a while <laughs> I did play I played the format quite a lot and I did mm. enjoy it but it's oh, it's been a long time since I've opened one of those yeah well we you know you didn't get any value but no but hey it That's was fun. yeah it was worth it <laughs> so we'll try doing a cracker pack every week on the podcast next week we'll do something a little bit more current I think I do have some interesting boosters saved for later down the line as well so we'll see what okay. happens when and if we get there Last. so next should we talk about what we're playing in standard currently so yeah. Sam what are you playing in standard?
1: I am currently playing a Ban Approach deck. Nice, nice. So, there have been quite a few of the sort of green-black base uh, Hour of Promise decks going around, Um, and I've seen a few decks that pay Hour of Promise, get some lands, and then their top end is some kind of ridiculous bomb. I've seen Zakama in those slots. Okay, yeah. But I am playing a version where you're playing loads of ramp, you're playing Hour of Promise, and your win condition is approaching the second sub. Yeah, it's a good win condition. And if that doesn't work, it just win the game on it.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah.
1: <laughs> why wouldn't why wouldn't I buy that card? Yeah. Um if that doesn't work, you can make zombies from an R of promise, because you're running a crap of deserts And then you're also playing four Ipney rivulets. Yep. Yeah.
0: So you can uh, help the approach the second turn after you've cast it.
1: Yeah, or you can just mill your opponent out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that works too. I've
1: <laughs> done that a lot. Nice. It has been sweet. I've had a lot of people get very annoyed that I've done that. Yeah. I'm just trying to find a vague list because there have been a there have been a few versions, but like so some of the sweet cards. So your interaction is baffling end, cast out, and Ixland's binding. Yeah. You can play some Essence Scatters and then Fumigates and Settle Wreckage. Yeah. And then it's playing the thaumatic compass. Okay. Which Interesting. is honestly really good because it looks it looks really bad. Yeah. Because it's it's a 2 mana artifact and you pay three, tap it to search for a basic and put it in your hand. End of turn, if you have seven more lands, you flip it into what is essentially Maze of Ith, yep. which is really sweet. Yeah, um, definitely. You online quite a lot. Yeah. And it's difficult to beat the red decks. Yeah. Honestly, because you're quite slow. Um, and if they have you know, one of their guard draws, they can just run you out of the game really, really quickly. Yeah, definitely. Your main win condition is resolving two seven mana sorceries. So uh, it can be difficult. It can be, uh, but yeah. you know, if you've got the tools, you get there. I mean, in the sideboard, you bring in. Four regal caracals, yeah, which is just a great card. Um, I've done four one and three two in quite a few competitive leagues online. Cool, and it's been pretty sweet. Nice, good. Yeah, it feels really good against the blue-black decks as well. Yeah, though it is a bit dodgy trying to mill them out when they have like three copies of Scarab God in their deck. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, you got put good value. Cards in regular, but...
0: Value. Scarab God is yeah, it's a force to be reckoned with, definitely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think. Best card in standard,
0: right? Probably, yeah. Um, there, I think, I think there's a couple, there's a couple that would be in contention, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, probably it just is. It's it's such a threat. Like when it comes down, you have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, in a lot of cases, when you do deal with it, they just get it back into their hand at the end of turn anyway. Yep. it's a great card,
1: really good card. This is why I like this plant deck because you're playing Cast Out and lands Binding, yeah, which are pretty hard answers because I mean, naturalized effects are pretty much non-existent. Yeah, sure. And the blue map deck has. Also, countering it as a very difficult uh, has a lot of difficulty dealing with those cards.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, are
1: you playing a Scarab Build deck in Standard
0: at the moment? I am not. Uh, you it,
1: both just identified it as the best card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Neither>
0: <laughs> I. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I think I think I would be if I owned any Scarab Gods. So I think that's the sure. that's the big problem. I kind of don't want to buy into Scarab Gods when it will rotate and then I can't mm-hmm. play it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. I am. I mean, dropped a lot of value into a foil one for my commander deck. Yeah, that's well, fair, yeah. but you know I've already have a foil, foil locust card for my commander, so oh, I'm sorry, happy. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm I'm playing blue white approach in uh, in standard because you know you're quite right the card says win the game on it exactly it's yeah it's fantastic so I'm, I'm kind of playing just a very you know mostly generic very controly list um i'm running like there's four copies of sensor in there there's like four copies of disallow two essence scatters main board i do have a lot of creature decks sort of locally a couple of search first there, supreme will cast out you know all your card draws so i've got glimmer of genius in there yeah fumigate so i've got settle the wreckage but my sort of spicy one of I'm running is a cataclysmic gear hook. I'm still not sold on that
1: card. <laughs> it
0: has been it has been absolutely fantastic for me. In some matches you really, really just do not want it, so it's very easy to sideboard out. And mm-hmm. uh, the matches where you do want it, it's just great. It just wins you the game. And um, you know locally we have quite a few sort of tokens decks, and there's a the mono black aggro deck that's popped up recently as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nothing sweeter than going you know, turn five, Cataclysmic gear hook, wrath your board, <laughs> <laughs> like, wrath your board, kill all of your, you know, your little 2-2s and 2-3s and am Sure, I'm, like, I'm, sure you can, I'm sure you can convince me. They're, like, you know, I I wouldn't recommend, maybe, uh, yeah, I maybe re- wouldn't recommend taking it to a GP, but <laughs> at a local okay. level, if you know you're gonna be playing against creature decks, then I think it's fine. So
1: you'd recommend playing
0: fun cards? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Oh yeah, I can go
1: behind that.
0: That's, always, that's... always and then yeah my sideboard's just again it's, it's nothing special we've got uh three copies of negate in there we've got good you know, the trials there's two settle the wreckage um i've got two regal caracal and i'm playing only two, only two yeah because i'm playing
1: I'm,
0: pl- I'm playing two spell pierce and one nezahal on my sideboard as well Ooh, okay. so i'm going very controlly sure. I, so yeah.
1: I, I have um carnage tyrants in that sort of nezahal slot
0: okay cool yeah that's a pretty difficult card to deal with as well
1: yeah and the deck because obviously it's playing lots of deserts you can play hash of oasis yeah okay yeah just hitting the time of the card is fine, it's great yeah
0: yeah as far as deserts go i'm i'm only playing two of the uh the up new rivulet oh okay and i found that i don't necessarily need more i'm like i'm not really sort of milling my opponent much and mm-hmm. only playing two deserts it's it's not worth sacrificing in yeah. two deserts for you if you're you know eight cards but Sometimes sure. sometimes yeah <laughs> sometimes it helps get there with the uh the approach.
1: Right, well I think before this format rotates out, your goal has to be play an incredibly grindy matchup mirror. Like yeah. a control mirror. Yeah. Where you continue to draw all your cards and then mill your opponent for the last eight with your regular.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's it's gotta be a thing, I think. Um, <laughs> I'm also playing the uh pull from tomorrow. Does pull from tomorrow target or is it draw? It's just draw X cards, okay. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, no draw it... X cards and discard a card. Yeah. That's a shame. Oh
1: my yeah, that, that would have been sweet.
0: Yeah, if just mill you. your, your Draw for like twelve, and then mill your opponent out.
1: No oh, man. But you know, maybe Would you just pass a deck properly instead.
0: Yeah. So other formats. Eh? Are you playing any other formats at the moment?
1: Uh, I'm well, commander always, but um, yeah, I'm playing okay. mod at the moment. But like everyone else. I'm sort of struggling to find my feet and want to want to play. Yeah. So well, given the, the last unbanned announcement.
0: Yeah, that uh, was a thing.
1: Yeah, that was that was an exciting time. So about so it happened about 4pm yeah. in the UK. An hour before that, I was just finishing up work. And then I thought, oh man, what if got gets unbanned? I'd better buy a set. So I picked up a set from uh, Magic Card Market for like, I think it was like €6 Euros all in. Yeah that's pretty um, good um and then an hour later it was unbanned yeah <laughs> so that was yeah cool. and then and another card was unbanned Jason, the called too
0: yeah that's a card
1: i think you didn't seem particularly happy about, about
0: that unbanned no um personally i thought the format was fine where it was yeah my issue with sort of unbannings like that kind of if the format was the format looked to be in a very healthy place you know there was a lot of diversity there doesn't always necessarily indicate health but you know i think it was a good contributing factor to the health of the format in that case there was a lot of diversity you know we saw lantern control won the pro tour which personally i thought was great then you know no,
1: I, I also as someone who doesn't like playing against lantern that much enjoyed the fact that it won
0: yeah no it was great you know we had Oops. seven different decks in the top eight fantastic mm-hmm. Then, you know, like the weekend after that, Boggles won a GP, like, you know, <laughs> like, all sorts of exciting times.
1: I think that's still happening.
0: It's, yeah, it, it, it probably, it probably is. I just, I just worry, Jace in particular, the card might not necessarily be as broken as everybody thinks it might be. Yeah. But because everybody thinks it might be broken, that in itself is a bit of a problem.
1: I think because obviously when, when it's first announced, my initial reaction was, oh god, oh god. Yeah. Because because everyone everyone has a memory of that card from Standard when it was completely busted, and we know it from Legacy where it's pretty good and one of the best cards in the format.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you picture the force of will. It's yeah, you know, it's
1: decent. Exactly, that's that's the best use of that card. Yeah. Um, but I think before we actually saw it in action, people were panicking, um, and I can't remember who it was, but on Twitter someone ran a poll. Um, where they like asked people what they thought, Jason come was going to do. Yeah. And the, the option that was sort of busted, going to get re was final, you know, just as it got announced. And then they've sort of redone the poll a month. Oh, I can't, it's not been a month, but they've run the poll now. Now that it's been banned, people play with it. It's put up some results in some online tournaments and stuff. And people now just think it's a role player. They don't even think it's like the best card in the format. Yeah, I think that's where. I think that's where...
0: Yeah, I think that's where my concern sort of lay initially to be honest i think it's because of the history in the of the card and Mm -hmm. you know it's the you know the bogeyman of magic the gathering i was worried about it you know it's it's bark it's bark is worse than its bite really and Mm -hmm. its bark is pretty loud so i think rather than the card itself necessarily being busted i was worried more about the state of the format if we would see a more of a shift towards sort of jace decks and you know more sort of blue control decks which might not necessarily be a bad thing but there was mm-hmm. yeah there was the fear there of well if a, if more people are going to switch to play that are we just going to see the sort of faster decks the more degenerate decks you know we're we going to see the rise of storm we're we going to see a rise of affinity are people going to try and bring infect back and make that a thing to try to end the game before Jay, jace can resolve
1: that's that's my that was my plan initially
0: yeah so that, that i think the that was the thing i was sort of worried about that sure. we might see I, that. Yeah. I,
1: mean, I don't think that's played
0: out. No, I I don't think it is yet necessarily. Um you know, it hasn't been that long since the unbanning. Mm-hmm. There've been quite a few sort of Magic Online deck lists posted that we've have seen a lot of copies of Jace pop up. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really know how representative that is of the format as a whole and how that will affect sort of you know your larger larger tournaments, GPs for example,
1: yeah. So I think because so We haven't had because normally the go-to outside of GPs is like SCG opens. Yeah, for sure. Stuff like that, and we haven't we haven't had. Let me correct me if I'm wrong, but we haven't had any of those yet, right?
0: There's one going on currently.
1: That's uh, the legacy legacy open. Uh,
0: there's well they've they've got a there's a legacy open. I think they've got a modern like a modern challenge on as well. Oh, okay. a modern classic. Yeah, right? a modern classic. So it's it's you know it's not your GP level tournament, but it is it's a so larger like, event
1: i think yeah. i saw a tweet from someone playing in it who said that there were 400 people in the classic okay i think people just want to play modern right yeah i think so
0: i think so i mean i
1: certainly do see so yeah, like back to what i'm playing in modern yeah sure <laughs> so previously like so before the band announcement i had a panic it was like i thought the most i think the list of the reasonable panels i thought was blood elf i think that card i think at the time i thought that card was absolutely fine
0: yeah i agree i thought exactly the same as well. I thought, hey, Bloodbraid Alpha is probably fine. It hasn't got Deathrite Shaman. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah okay. sure, it might be able to cascade into Colgan's Command or Leon in the Veil, vale, but mm-hmm. you know, less people playing Tarmogoy. Bloodbraid is fine. It's, it's going to be fine.
1: Yeah, I think I might I might have changed my mind now. I agree,
0: yeah. 100%. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I'll, I'll come back to that in a bit. So, yeah. So before, before the Unbands, I was playing Green White Value Town. Okay, yeah. So, um, Noble hierarchs, Collector Companies, and then you go into Corsair Crufix, Knight of the Reliquary, uh, loads of, like, value cards, right? Yeah, yeah. Was, so when you hit them off Collector Company, they're really, really good. And then it was playing Azusa, Lost but Seeking, and Romina Excavator. Yeah. And four copies of Ghost Quarter, which is sweet, so you just Ghost Quarter your opponent out of the game. Yeah, And sure. then a, with, like, a 12-12 Knight of the Reliquary, and it's really sweet. So I was playing that, and it was really good. Um, And I thought with the Unbounds, maybe this deck gets worse, I don't think this deck beats Jace, I think Bloodbraid will be a problem. Um, So after my my pre-announcement panic of, oh my god, what if it's Bloodbraid, my post-unbound announcement was, oh my god, I need to play Jace. (laughs) So then I aggressively traded for some Jaces, (laughs) picked up three of them, and just sort of jammed them into uh, the value town deck.
0: Yeah, sure, which I feel like I've seen quite a lot of. Like, people will just play, you know, X, Y, Z deck, but now it runs three or four copies of Jason the Mind Sculptor as well.
1: Yeah, right. Even if you weren't playing Blue, it feels, it's not as powerful, but it feels like the Treasure Cruise effect. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Whereas, like, I'm playing this, like, I'm playing this this Burn deck, but this card's great, so I'm going to make concessions and just jam this card in my deck. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt, and, like, I'm not sure if it's good. Um, but I've tinkered with it a bit, and I mean, what is, the deck's called Value Town, what's more value than Jason Wong's right? Yeah,
0: exactly, yeah, you know, brainstorm
1: every turn, like, sure. Exactly. Um, it sets up your collector companies, so you get to put good cards in your hand back, you get to collect a company into them from the top of your deck, which feels really good. The combo with Recruit Fix is great, Yeah. so you get lands back on top and play them, gain life. I'm not sure, I haven't played much with it yet, Yeah. because our FNM was cancelled because of horrible weather. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I haven't actually played it that much in in paper. I've just sort of been goldfishing it. Yeah. Uh, but it feels sweet. But then I've seen a deck that I might try out. So I've played sort of the Countless Company deck for a while. Yeah. But before that. And there's sort of just a hard ban version. So you're playing the Devoted Druid, Vizio of Remedies combo. Spellquellers. There's a Meddling Mage. And then you're playing... So it's Court of Calling, Collector Company. And the Jason Muggs got to? Yeah. Because I'm not sure where Jace sits, because people were sort of, I want to dump this into my control deck, I want to play Blue Wild with Jace. Um That felt like the obvious home. But I think using it to dig for a combo deck, like for to, to dig for like a two-card combo like Deirdre and Mizzou Remedies feels pretty powerful. Yeah, definitely. That sounds, sounds decent, definitely. And then it can just take up the game by itself, because you want to go, you cast it on turn three with Noble Hierarch or Birds of Paradise. Yeah you can present some reasonable threats. So, like, you can cast Turn to your Kitchen things, protect your Jace, then resolve it. Yeah. So that feels pretty sweet. So I'm, on, I'm interested in something like that at the moment.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's the, that's the thing with Jace. It's I wouldn't quite go as far as saying the card's broken, but mm-hmm. it's definitely a lot better than a good card. Like, you don't, yeah, just, you don't just resolve a Jace and win the game on the spot, but it will okay. do a lot of work to, you know... Help you win the game?
1: Yeah, I have absolutely found that because I was playing. I've played a few games like playtesting and stuff, and I've just sort of gone turn three Jace and thought, okay, I'm going to win the game from here. Yeah, yeah. If, then, if they don't have an answer yeah. to it, then yeah, yeah. But then sometimes it's it's not hard for people to have an answer to it, and yeah. I mean, I have a lot of burn players run by me, and it's uh, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah. And they just you brainstorm trying to find some value and then you just bolt it and okay, great. I didn't do anything.
0: I think that was the thing with unbanning Bloodbraid Elf at the same time of Jace it gave mm-hmm, you that, sure. that answer to Jace the Mind Sculptor as well. Yeah,
1: but I mean, that, that card by itself, even outside of Jace is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so, if you... So, what... If we... We can talk about that
0: after you discuss what you're playing Modern. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, Bloodbred Elf has definitely had a bit of an impact, I would say, on uh, mm-hmm. my deck of choice. Sure. So, I play London Control in Modern. Yep. That is a deck that I have played for uh, quite a while now. I've sort of... Okay watched it grow over the years and i i love the jet ge- i just absolutely love the deck i unapol- unapologetically love it mm-hmm. uh it's it's a it's a pile of mythics and a pile of uncommons that probably should have never seen each other and it just it just comes together in this just beautiful well-oiled machine it's great <laughs> uh that being said blood elf that gets yep. unbanned obviously a lot more people are going to play jund now yeah and colligan's command is a card
1: yeah, I like resolving
0: that card against Lantern Control. It yeah. It really good. <laughs> yeah. Just so... because Yeah, because of that, I find Lantern Control is in a much worse position now.
1: Sure, because we all thought... I think there was a lot of discussion saying that Jace the Mind Sculptor made that match-up so much worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm yeah, not quite sure possibly. true.
0: No. Sorry? Yeah, I, I again, I, I don't think... I don't think that is is necessarily true. Like Jace, I didn't think was a problem. So uh, I'm I'm in quite a large London control group on Facebook, and there's a a couple of pro players in there and players who've been playing and testing the deck for years. And Mm -hmm. the vast majority of people seem to decide that. Well, quite quickly decided that Jace isn't a problem. Like it's just uh, you know you're playing Pithing Needle mainboard anyway. It's just another target for that.
1: Sure, you just play an extra Pithing Needle and. It's fine.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So, but blood red along Colgan's command and stuff is worse.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like it, more people playing Jund, more reasons mm-hmm. for them to be, you know, playing red, playing green. So you got your Coligan's command from your blood elf already, and then you also got Ancient Grudge as well. Like you can play that again.
1: You play from your graveyard as well, right? You can. Yeah. That makes it bad to mill up with Kodokred.
0: Uh, yeah. So it's. I uh, I feel like Lantern is in a in a far worse place than it was uh for the unbannings
1: okay well i feel like that will probably make a lot of people happy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know mean...
0: I, I agree 100 i as, as long as as long as bloodbred elf is unbanned and modern i can't see mountain control ever winning another pro tour which wow, okay. seems quite you know it's quite a hot take i guess but sure I, you know nobody no i guess nobody predicted it would ever win a pro tour in the first place did they
1: I I don't know. I no. I didn't I honestly didn't see it coming. But I think I think the um, the field of the Pro Tour had a lot to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think if you I mean I can't So I like I know that you like playing Lantern Control. Yeah. But I can't see taking that to a GP and playing fifteen rounds against, you know, all manner of players. And I think that's a lot of saw sort of a lot of discussion with was like the, the thing with the Pro Tour with the Lantern Control players was that they were they knew when they were dead.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's so I think he
1: would be locked
0: out. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Like that that final game, like, you know, Jerry Thompson <laughs> Jerry Thompson is such a good magic player and absolutely. he's he's played against the matchup. He knows the matchup well yeah. enough to know, well, there's nothing I can do here, I'm gonna concede, save us both yeah, some he's... time, save us both some, you know some pain. Let's just let's just do it. I feel like if you know the yeah, I mean, vast vast majority so. of players aren't either going to know or they're not gonna to want to concede in a position where it might just be the best best thing for them to do
1: yeah because i mean i'm, I'm definitely yieldsy as well i've just continue playing against mountain um you know up until time just because i'm not sure my actual percentage to win yeah so like my, like my real percentage to win is probably you know 0.5 and i should just concede and just you know move on with my life With it's
0: but, one of the i feel like it's one of the things you, you learn quite early on and the magic is to you know, always play your out
1: yeah exactly and I'm not sure if that should really apply. I think that that might. I don't think it's conversations have more because, like you said, like I think lantern is much worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't think we'll see as much of it at GPs or PPTUs or anything like that. But yeah, I think for sure. It's one of the concerns for me wasn't necessarily the lantern players taking everything's time. It was people not knowing the deck, not knowing how it worked, not knowing when it was time for them to concede. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, think that that was part of the
0: problem. It's something I agree with, with fully there hmm It's kind of like the the opposite of the the opposite of the miracles problem in legacy really, where
1: sure.
0: one person's taking considerably more time than the other on their turn. Yeah. But how you know, you can't really you can't really easily resolve that issue except to just ban Sensei's Divine on Top.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that was that was sort of my feeling. Well obviously before the formats changed and everything, um I think that was my my thought was that there might be a ban not because not for power level but because these decks might go to time but I think that was mainly on the opponent, not on the person piloting the lantern deck.
0: Yeah for sure. Which um, again is not something you can you can necessarily you, you can't really police that can you?
1: No exactly. Um, but I think I don't think that's a problem. I think you can probably still, you know, spike some PPTQs with lantern deck and still enjoy yeah, sure. playing it. But I'm not sure I'd be comfortable taking it to a GP. No, but you know
0: anything can happen. Boggles won a GP. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. That that's really
0: good one. Yeah, so they say.
1: I mean, you can't bounce it with Jace. Yeah. <laughs> it, it like, um, it blocks Bloodbraid Elf all day.
0: Right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe this is it then. Maybe rather than the uh domination of Jace and Bloodbraid Elf decks we just we have a summer of boggles instead.
1: Spent time for boggles. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, Some of those decks are playing like main deck lane on Thanksgiving, and that's that's just gas. Like, yeah,
0: <laughs> that's a great card
1: oh man, it's so good. What was the Command do against Layland Sancti? Yeah. And a, and a hexproof creature. <laughs> so I guess good.
0: you just do damage to yourself and make your Death okay. Shadow bigger.
1: Sure. Yeah. And then they just jump it with their like 20-20 lifelinking first strike <laughs> bald guy. <laughs> it's just <laughs> sure anyway, I think that, I think, you know, it's sort of a joke about, you know, what a GP, I, I think that deck's good. I think it's boring yeah. as hell. No, I definitely. I play that deck, but.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's it's not like I've played some linear decks in my time. Like I I played Tron, I played Mono Green Tron a lot and Green Red Tron a lot. Yep. But I yeah I can't see myself ever,
1: ever playing Boggles. That's for someone else to do. If Someone wants to sit for fifty rounds of GP, putting enchantments on a one one. Then then they can do that. But that yeah, <laughs> sure. Not for
0: me. I agree fully. <laughs> so with that, yeah. speaking of of uh, interesting cards, should we move on to our card of the week?
1: that was a sweet segue thank you that was so good
0: (laughs) so do you want to go first
1: yeah um so my card of the week is imperial recruiter
0: ah that is a card i wonder why that one is your card of the week
1: because it's just been it's just been announced as a reprint in masters 25 yeah and i mean it's a sweet card i like that card a lot i think i've resolved it about twice
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i've I've never resolved a paper copy, but planting on magic online, like I've resolved, go fetch okay. yourself a deceiver X Arc or a Pestamite, like yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. That card's sweet. Yeah. I've resolved a proxy paper copy. Does that count? Uh no, proxies aren't magic cards. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Because you know, someone's cube, you know, they they were expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that leads me to my point. I think that card is about to tank in price. Uh
0: I agree completely. Uh I I think it's it's gonna be a case of the mana drain effect, really. Yeah. What, for want of what a better price term. is
1: mana drain sitting at now?
0: Um, unsure. Currently, let's let's look it up. Yeah. So obviously, there is a big price difference between the uh, original Legends printing uh, and the reprint, mm-hmm. uh, given that the Legends printing is legal in uh, in old school and sees a decent amount of play there.
1: Oh, okay, cool,
0: sure. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, so you've got, um, just having a look at Magic Card Market, you've got your Mana Drain you can purchase from uh, €34.50 for a near mint copy. That's very, okay, it's a lot of money, that's a decent amount of money,
1: right? But that's... That's, Yeah, yeah. Ooh.
0: But if you compare that to the price of the Legends printing, uh, which for a near mint copy, uh, we're looking at uh, €114, Euros. Yeah. so it's like three times the price pretty much
1: sure Um so yeah I think in, like Imperial Group is going to have the same thing because I mean the first thing is specifically with Masters 25 like magic players are never happy with reprint sets
0: yeah I mean like, it's yeah specific. 50% of them are happy 50% of them are unhappy it's yeah, you know
1: uh, and I dis-
0: think dis- disregarding s- iconic Masters that's you know usually the case
1: yeah and I think like I don't think anyone wanted Imperial Recruits to be reprinted it's not Um, this this is the thing so like the prices of magic cards are normally either dictated by high demand or a low supply yeah Um, and the low supply means that it's incredibly expensive but if it ever gets reprinted that card just crashes because no one actually wants to pick up a copy yeah for sure Um, and Imperial Recruiter is a card that sees I think I've seen it so I've played it in cube right yeah we've all played it in cube because it's actually sweet yeah Um, but I think I've played so I, I don't play Legacy anymore yeah I used to play quite a bit of Legacy and i played a few events so I think in my in my life I've probably played about 150 matches of Legacy Yeah, and I saw that card in play twice
0: yeah I, I've I've seen I think I've seen one play against me once maybe sure. um, and that was in a Legacy deck I don't remember what now um, I think it was some sort of like silly food chain
1: style deck like yes yeah, so I think decks that played that so you've got the the Painter Servant. Which um, no
0: longer plays deck that, deck. yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Painter Servant deck sort of took a bit of a hit since obviously Top was banned and
1: yeah, sure
0: various sort of changes in the metagame. Painter Servant tends to be sort of a, a bit of a mono blue build now. Oh, really? Yeah. So I
1: have not paid attention to legacy decks. Um, yeah, it's, since I got rid of my
0: decks. It's one of those decks that is. It seemed to have fallen out of favour quite a lot, but the lists that I have seen have been. A very blue-heavy, or mono blue, or a lot of them just haven't been running Imperial be Recruiter.
1: Wow. Okay. well okay, Yeah. I, I don't see. I don't see the need to now. I suppose. Yeah. I, mean, I think part of that. I think genuinely, this is one of the even at like top level competitive play, people weren't playing this card because it had a ridiculous price tag.
0: Yeah. Quite probably.
1: Um. And that wasn't because loads of people wanted it. It was because with Portal Three Kingdoms and a Judge printing, like <laughs> that card basically doesn't exist, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much.
1: But now I think that card. I so currently, so I normally check prices on Star City Games. I know it's probably not the best place, but they currently have the pre-order, seeing so it's seventy-five dollars for a Master Twenty-Five Imperial Recruiter. Yeah, um, and I think I think the floor in this guy is probably about twenty.
0: Yeah, I uh, I I think I'd agree with you. Well, I think I think if you're talking dollars, you I think we're going to see more than more than twenty dollars. But I think yeah. I think twenty pounds is probably the. Uh, the floor, yeah. to be honest.
1: Because, I mean, no one wants this. So, like, it was played in Allure Index. Yeah. But people have... So, there's the other one, which is Recruiter of the Guard.
0: Yeah, from uh, Conspiracy, Take the Crown.
1: Yeah. So, like, that card's... Because it turns out Allure Index just wanted white anyway. Yeah. So, why not just play the white version?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, uh, do I want to get this $200 card or this $20 card? That, exactly, know, yeah. Makes sense.
1: So, yeah, I... I this card... I think I've seen a lot of people get angry that it's been reprinted. I feel a lot of people think it's really cool. And I think it's cool because you know it's so this this set's
0: basically iconic masters,
1: right? Yeah. Well, you, you I I, the...
0: uh, I don't know. I I feel quite differently about that. Uh, I right. if I think if if I had to compare it to anything, I'd say it, it's it feels more like an eternal masters too than iconic sure. masters. Um I think that, quite... that where you've got you have sort of one or two high end mythics in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of your eyes. Well, I'd say most of your eyes are decent. To be honest, most of the eyes are okay, uh, yeah. but you do have some of that value in the common and uncommon slot. Whereas sure, I, can... I feel iconic masters was, you know, it's mana drain a bust really.
1: So I think I think my my point with the iconic masters comparison was just gonna be a really bad joke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So, this
1: is iconic masters because we just ignore iconic masters existed, right? Because it was so I- low impact. Yeah. So bad. Mm-hmm. And this feels more like... Because, you know, they put the watermarks on the cards. Yeah. Um, it feels really sweet. I mean, we'll get into it um, a bit later, but it, it feels sweet. It feels more iconic than Iconic Masters did.
0: Yeah, exactly, which I, I feel was, was the problem with Iconic Masters. Mm-hmm. So, iconic apparently means something completely different in Magic <laughs> terms than, you know, 99% of Magic players thought it meant. Yeah, right. Like, so I mean, you
1: know, sure uh,
0: like there were some there were some decent reprints in there like i for one was very happy for mishra's bauble although oh absolutely you know, yeah, it's comments. a bit of a niche card even then like
1: mm-hmm. but, I mean, I, I, I which again,
0: again again that's that's something that is reflected in the price like the fact that it was, yeah. it was, a, was a 30 40 dollar uncommon was reprinted at uncommon and now it's about four dollars like yeah it's great i, like, I own yeah. some now yeah same I, I own a foil one like you Know, Ooh. So yeah, <laughs> must be nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's about so, eight dollars of value there. <laughs>
1: okay, well, it would have been nice a pre reprint, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, for
0: sure, for sure. Um,
1: so does your card of the week have anything to do with
0: Masters 25? Uh, yes, and no, okay. So, yes, because it's a card that should have been in the set, and no, okay. because it's a card that is not in the set. So, my card of the week is Grim Tutor, okay. So, that is a card that has only ever seen one printing before and that was in start at $19.99. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently commands about a $250 price tag
1: correct I've just seen it on Star City Games yeah
0: that is the price they have That's, uh, it's quite an expensive card that is one of those cards that I, f- I feel there might not necessarily be the demand there like Imperial mm-hmm. Recruiter like you know Mana Drain like some other things but if you're doing a special 25 year anniversary master set with yep you know, at least one card from every set. Why not just go all out? Like, that's that's. I think that's my issue with with the set. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine for a master set, but if it's meant to be this big twenty five year celebration, why not go all out? Why not have you know? Why not just have all of the expensive cards in there? Where's you know? Where's Imperial Seal? Where's Grim Tutor? Where's mm-hmm. Demonic Tutor for that matter? You know. Why? Rare, why rare. can't we have, like, you know, Noble Highrock at rare? Why isn't there another Planeswalker
1: Why, right. you know, we have exactly why we can't have Noble Highrock at rare? Yeah, because I um, invested in a set of foil, more well, Masters two copies. Yeah, Watson knew that and didn't want me to lose loads and loads of value, so they did me a solid, right? <laughs> uh, that's, that's that's
0: fair enough. I
1: mean, was playing a Judge promo or whatever whatever the promo is. Uh, it's the
0: RPTQ promo.
1: RPTQ, sure.
0: Uh, which oh, you know, it's great, but you find that promos don't really do anything to get the cards into circulation. No, which really. you know, Wizards of the Coast state is one of the goals of these master sets. Sure. And I feel like you know, it is it is going to be a limited set still. It, the mm-hmm. although it, it will appear in big box stores in America, such as Target and Walmart. Will uh, mm-hmm. yes, it? Yes. Uh, no, it will not be in Tesco. Um okay. <laughs> <laughs> which uh which I guess is a shame for those of us with uh, club card points. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's where I do my shop. I might as well
1: pick up some uh some sweet Jason Mindscope design of
0: picking up bananas, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like cards like cards like Noble Hierarch, like cards like Chalice of the Void which isn't there as a mm-hmm. mythic, yeah they might be reprinting them, but the demand is there for those cards. Those cards absolutely will retain, you know, they will retain their value. Like, yeah. l- look at Snapcaster Mage, look at Lily Arn of the Veil, like, they've held pretty solidly. Look at the, yeah, Zendic- I mean, look at the Zendikar fetch lines reprinted at Rare.
1: Yeah, they're still, like... They've, they've, they, they moved, right? They moved down.
0: Slightly, yeah.
1: Very still, slightly. They, still whole price. Yeah. I mean, I... So, so Grim Tutor. I have a small story about a Grim Tutor. Yeah. So, I was playing at an FNM in Bristol um... A few years ago, and this this person came up to me and said, um, "Oh, do you, want, do you want to do any trades?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, sure." So they had me like a deck box, like an Ultra Boy Deck box, just full of cards, and I was like, "Okay, um, they don't have much, it's fine." I just looked through them. I can't remember what the what the current standard set was, but they had a lot of rares, yeah, um, stuff from that set. Um, and then and uh, they were like, "Oh, I've got I've got all these old cards as well." So I was like, "Okay, sure, um, nothing of particular interest, um, you know, like two dollar cards, three dollar cards."
0: Yeah, sure.
1: I got to the back and was like. Hmm. This one, this one I recognised. This one, and I was like, oh, I might be interested in this card. Let me just let me just look at the price on it. Turns out that that card was given Grim Tutor, and I was like, that's a. I mean, at the time it was like two hundred dollars. Yeah. So in this box, where all the rest of the cards amount to probably about eighty dollars, they just have this one Grim Tutor sitting at the back with two well, worth two hundred dollars. And I was like, you might want to put that in a sleeve. Yeah. That's. And then you... You might not to sell it because you can probably just buy a new stand deck. <laughs> that's yeah. That, that's that's the thing with you know
0: cards. Cards like that. Like yes, the demand the demand may be small, mm-hmm. but there needs to be a way to increase supply, outside yeah. of you know reprinting them in something like the Masterpiece series, uh, which yeah. again does it. It just doesn't do its job of getting the cards into players' hands. No,
1: it doesn't. That's
0: true. And I think the the big difference with reprinting in a master set as opposed to reprinting in standard or uh, for example conspiracy is it's the price of the packs like yeah, if, if if we look at something like berserk for example which berserk was I, i'm unsure i want to say it was about a hundred dollars before yeah, it, was it was reprinted was yeah it was about a hundred dollars before it was reprinted in uh conspiracy take the crown and then it was reprinted in a large reprint set yep and the price absolutely plummeted except those packs were you know Three MSRP is three ninety nine. Yeah. When you're paying, you know, an MSRP of nine ninety nine on a on a booster pack. Yeah. The bottom on those cards is going to be a lot higher.
1: Absolutely, but I mean, I think specifically Grimtrio. Like, <laughs> I think part of the reason might be it's just
0: bad. It's yeah. It's I mean, it's very it's very niche. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, sweet it's it'll be like cool. yeah. I can see a lot of I can see a lot of commander decks wanting it. Sure. Uh, and you know, as I want one for for Legacy. Like that's that's pretty much the only reason like I want one as a one of to go and not seen Tendrils oh is
1: that a thing
0: uh, yeah some decks have been been playing it as a one of. oh
1: wow okay um, so just to say that they like, have $250 cards <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, no it's yeah it's it's kind of like a is it better than Dark Petition is it not you know okay. one of those things and I think I would just like to, I'd like to see it reprinted, so I don't have to pay $250 to find out whether or not it's better than Dark Petition.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure, yeah, that's that's reasonable. Yeah. I didn't actually know it was saying any kind of play. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's like, outside of Commander, Ad Tendrils, it runs it as a one-off. And because it's it's quite an expensive better. one of as a non-reserve list card. Sure, because uh, it's
1: better than Diabolic Tutor. Sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Better than Diabolic Tutor in some cases. Better than Dark Perdition. In others, not quite. Yeah. Okay. Like
1: I can I can get into that. So, do you want to talk about what is in Masters
0: Twenty Five? Uh. Yeah. There is quite a lot in Masters Twenty Five. Uh, I right, might sorry. bring up the bring up a list of cards. Uh yeah, So I've, th- I've got it loaded. <laughs> fantastic so i'm quite looking forward to drafting it i'll say that definitely Absolutely. um i think mono black looks fantastic
1: yeah the cards are great yeah
0: i'm very happy that like i can just just pick up copies of dark ritual and go That's off nice. on turn three play some you know a full board of black creatures
1: yeah you just you just cast over dark dark rituals and then cast a bloodhunter bat right yeah why not feels, feels great um so how do you just looking just looking at the spoiler, how do you feel about this set? Just
0: like a sort of gut reaction? Um, yeah, pretty much what I, I said before, like I think it mm-hmm. it it's a perfectly acceptable master set, I think. Yeah. It feels to me it feels like it's, you know, Eternal Masters two. Yeah. But considering it's meant to be this special twenty five anniversary, you know, twenty five years of magic set, yes they've got, you know, the nice thing of the watermarks. Yes, they've got some Iconic cards from the history of the game, but I feel like they could have done so much better. You mean you don't like
1: Balathnull? No? Uh,
0: not particularly. I mean, I I like it better than that. Whatever that tree is called from Innistrad. Tree of
1: Redemption. That. Gonna... Yeah,
0: I think it's tree. It's Tree of Redemption. There's Tree of Perdition. One of the trees. Tree redemption. Yeah, yeah,
1: that card. Yeah, it's Redemption. Jesus, that
0: yeah, that card. Yeah, that card, eh?
1: <laughs> I'm gonna even if I'm drafting, I'm gonna feel bad opening that card.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that that's that's what I sort of feel mm-hmm. really like. If if you are gonna go all in and make this a celebration of the twenty five years of Magic, you're picking cards at least one card from every set. That yep. I think I think initially they'd said that would they were gonna represent the set or represent the feel of the set.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, where's Snapcaster Mage? Where's yep. Liliana of the Veil? Like at the very least, where's Laboratory Maniac? Sure, like yeah, like, like you put you put Doomsday in there, so why not get Lab Maniac as well? So you know, once in a blue moon, somebody will be able to combo off and win. And
1: a and a Git Probe and like yeah definitely.
0: yeah exactly yeah Gitaxian Probe. Where's that? It's like how much is a foil Gitaxian Probe? It'd be nice to have a, a new print of that.
1: Exactly. Like I think the thing with the set, so like what what they wanted to do was when you open a pack, they say that they never they never uh, addressed the secondary market, right?
0: Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Le- legally, they're not allowed to acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah.
1: but they do because yeah,
0: because um, you can't not. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah There's yeah. some expensive cards in the set for sure. Um, but I think the point the point of open packs is one either you open like a card that's worth X amount of dollars more than you pay for the pack. Yeah. Um, a card that makes you feel nostalgic for Magic, so you've got like like Armageddon,
0: right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Or you open a card that's actually good in an actual limited deck. Yeah, for sure. Which so like if I open Jason's microscope, sweet, I've like, made some money. If I open Armageddon, sweet, Armageddon's a great card from Magic's past. Yeah. Like, if I
0: open, I'm just trying to look through the sport, like... Triska is the one for me. It's, you know... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I open that, I'm I'm going all in on that. Like, I had yeah. I had a load of fun drafting that during Shadows of Innistrad. Yeah, it feels really bad, like, what, two years later, paying £10 a pack to open <laughs> one, as opposed to paying, like, £3 a pack to open one. That feels yeah. bad, but, you know, I'm, I'm playing that deck.
1: But you get to have fun. Or, like, you know, if you open the Luminarch Ascension... Yeah, sure. Like, this it's... card is actually great. I want to play this card. Yeah. You open a pack and your your mythic rare... Not even your mythic rare is true redemption. Yeah.
0: <sighs> it could have been Snapcaster Mage.
1: Yeah. Like, it could have
0: been Lelion of the Veil.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just... I mean, this set is weird to me. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I absolutely see your point. It's... Yeah,
0: like, great concept execution Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily great yeah i
1: mean ravenous Chupacabra.
0: that yeah (laughs) like which which again it kind of it's it fits that theme of cards which are good in a limited environment and also represent the set like yeah you know you think rivals of ixalan you think oh hey ravenous Chupacabra. yeah yeah so i mean you know why why couldn't they just do that for every set
1: yeah I mean, we have colossal dreadmaw
0: as the Ixalam representative. Yeah, yeah. because <laughs> I've seen some, seen some comments about that card.
1: <laughs> Third reprinting in the last year. Yeah. <laughs> so good. It's
0: um, it is just it's just a bit of a strange set. Like.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to play it. I think I don't think I'll play many drafts because it mean be it's expensive.
0: Yeah, that's I think mean, that's that's the issue with it. It's <laughs> it's too expensive for what it is to be honest. Absolutely. If they had you know, if if they'd gone all out, then yeah, sure, you know, I'll draft it until the cows come home. But yeah. I, I don't want to be opening up like Rurikthar. Like. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> uh I, I mean no, yeah. yeah. Like if I'm if it comes down to taking a Rurikthar or like a foil Niv mizzet then
1: yeah, maybe I'll take the Rurik Thar but okay, sure.
0: you know, I yeah. I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. particularly thrilled with the set. Sure.
1: I mean there's a sweet cycling deck in
0: here somewhere. Yeah, probably.
1: Just looking to this point like twisted illumination, like unearth. I always got that kind of cycling. Yeah. Um, and then, like horror of the broken lands, sweet Almond Kettle stuff. Yeah,
0: I didn't realise that was in the set. That's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, card's okay.
1: Um, there's I and mean, like a street Wraith. Like there's a, there's a sweet. They, they they I think they've also thought about the draft format.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think they've tried to. They they. I don't. I don't know. There's a couple of That's... the what appears to be archetypes in there, and mono black seems good. I'll give them yeah.
1: that. I just want to draft from world vendors. Yeah, William J Bender. Like, I want to. I want to draft that card. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, well, I guess we'll have to see. Like the spoiler, I, I'm not going to just buy this set. Right, I'm not going to really okay. no. just no. open it. No, um, you know, and... ask if
0: you asked me ask me the question a fortnight ago, then. You, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll I'll buy boxes all day long, but. Bit, now uh, I've seen what's in the set. Like oh, no, no. It's it's just not there.
1: Yeah, it's not. Well we'll have to see how drafting feels, because drafting might save it. It might be like the best set you've ever drafted and that redeems it somehow, but I doubt it.
0: Yeah. It's so I I did uh, an internal masters draft yesterday. Okay. And we did obviously we discussed this this quite a lot in uh, in the yep. playgroup there and just the various masters sets and we, we sort of came to the conclusion that the they're vastly superior to sort of drafting your regular standard decks as far as power level goes, mm-hmm. but they're just not a cube as well. Like it's it's really yeah. difficult to see sort of where the limited format lies, really.
1: Yeah, because it feels like it feels like somewhere near a cube, but then they've had to put in awful awful magic cards, right?
0: Yeah, definitely, yeah.
1: So you get stuff like Coalition Relic, which is one of the best cards in cube. Oh, it's great, yeah. Um, and then you... And, like, Mitra's Factory, like, stuff like this, which is, like, great, great cube cards. And then you have, like... Dragon's Eye, uh, Savants. There we go. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. we putting that in their cube, so you're drafting all this power, like, these powerful cards, like, yeah. the arcade, and then you're just drafting... You know,
0: Genji of the Spires, like, yeah. <laughs> just just cards that you don't want to play.
1: But they've, re- they've re- reprinted Fibblethub, so... Yeah, they have. <laughs> that card's <laughs> terrible. Like, Totally Lost is terrible, but... That
0: yeah that's it i mean it, yeah it it, if they're going for iconic bits of master's history then magic's history then yeah sure they've got that in there but w- where, <laughs> are the <Beebles? laughs> where are the Beebles?
1: where are the people yeah where are the Beebles? i think that's a great place to leave that discussion. Yeah. <laughs> 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 for sure right so next segment is what the deck what the deck <laughs> <laughs> and i found a good one
0: yep let me see that good one. I'm just opening it up now.
1: So this is mono black aggro.
0: Mono black aggro by Patrick Casey.
1: Mm-hmm. This was the SEG Modern IQ from New Holland, and, and it this... came
0: forth from
1: the looks of it yeah like actually did well yeah this isn't just a random deck i pulled off to have to help. this deck is... so yeah
0: do you want to run me through the deck sure
1: so we have four blood soak yep one dead eye tracker yeah four night market lookout
0: uh this is a modern deck
1: yeah yeah yes this is this is modern playing uh night market lookout yeah um Two, Thrall Parasite.
0: Uh, yeah, just looking up that card now.
1: That is a 1 black for a 1-1 one, one with Extort. Yeah. So when you cast when you cast a spell, you can pay uh, white or black, um, and each potent loses one life, and you gain that much okay. life. Yeah. Then you can tap it, pay two life, combo with Extort, and remove a counter from a target non-land permanent. Ah. What is, why is this? Anyway, I'll I mean, you know, I'll hey,
0: they, they might kill a Jace, the Mind Sculptor, you know.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. So, <laughs> carrying on with the deck before we completely destroy it. Four gifted, born. Y- yeah. Four pain seer. Yeah. Dark plant is an expensive card. Yeah. Sure. Strong gold crusader, which is two black for a two one with protection from white. Yeah. Pay one black. Yep. A, uh Against flying until end of turn. Okay. Pay Two black and it gets fire breathing. Is a fire breathing with plus one plus
0: zero. Uh, sort of. Yeah, fire breathing is pay pay one. Well. Pay one mana or pay one red yeah. to get plus one That's plus zero. But at this one you have to play two. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the the art is incredible. Yeah, like Vulcan Bargo did a great job on the art on the card.
1: Really nice. Like. But- as a magic card, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> maybe,
1: I mean, two dollars a piece, apparently. So maybe yeah. no, we're wrong. Maybe. Then, right. So we, in, the, in the spells, we have four fatal push. Yep. Two inquisitions. Four thoughtseers. Yep. One member white like, cats. Yep. Great. Super, yeah. Play. That sounds like a modern deck. Yeah. And we have some artifacts. Yeah. Uh, your favorite card of all time: four smugglers' cutter. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then. The better vehicle, or the more legal Ooh, vehicle, yeah. Aether Sphere Harvesters. Okay. Um, we're not messing around with the lands. 19 no. Swamps.
0: 19 Swamps in Modern. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
1: the sideboard looks. Oh, God. <laughs> one Duress. Okay. Three Nihil Spell Bombs. Yep. Yeah. One Skullduggery.
0: Skullduggery
1: in Modern. That's yeah. from It's One. That is, yeah. One Black Instant. Until the end of turn, Tide Creature you control gets plus one plus one, and Tide Creature in the opponent controls gets minus one minus one. It seems. Mm. Uh, yeah. cruel, cruel Edicts
0: yeah that's you know that's fair enough it gets around hexproof it you know it you can't play five copies of fatal push
1: that is that is true so you played the dismember and then you played two cool audio sure yeah why not and then we have three scrap each in modern yeah yeah because because people block your creatures (laughs) yeah (laughs) one transgress the mind (laughs) yeah Okay, because I mean, just play two dresses, right?
0: Uh, I mean, maybe. I what? Like, duress doesn't get I mean, like Emrakul uh, the Aeon's Torn, Primeval uh, Titan. Uh, okay, I guess price are, price oh, for yeah. Oh, yeah, sure, Primeval Titan. That's fair. Yeah. Right,
1: one Liliana of the Veil.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. Who's See where the budget card. went.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the price of this card is nearly half <laughs> of the deck. Yep. One Liliana of the Veil, <laughs> and then three ring of Tears. I got that card. That's fine.
0: Yeah, Rain right of Tears seems seems decent, and to be honest, before looking at this. I didn't even realize that card was legal in Modern.
1: Yeah, tenth uh, edition. Yeah, but I mean, so this deck. What, how, what
0: the deck, the, right?
1: What the, what the deck exactly? Like, how did this come forth? Like you, like an actual tournament where actual magic players go to play actual magic. Uh, right, yeah. I'm looking the rest of the the rest of the deck list from this, um, just to see what like the field is competing in.
0: Yeah, I've just got you... I've got the list of the the field here, or well, at least the the top eight here. We've got uh, in eighth, we've got a Jund uh, we've got mm-hmm. Madcap Moon in 7, uh, we've got Affinity in 6, and uh, we've got Merfolk in 5th. So, this deck was better than Merfolk, Madcap Moon, Jund, and Affinity.
1: <laughs> I disagree. Yeah,
0: but... and then above that in the standings we've got Traverse, Shadow, Five Colour Humans, and Card Control, which is what you'd expect from any no. top 8 of a modern tournament.
1: Then just there's more black aggro. So I, I was looking through this because I've been like mining data for deck lists for Modern because I want to find something to play. Yeah. And I saw one black aggro. I was like, oh, that seems really exciting. That's seems sweet. And I looked at this. I was like, what? what What are you doing? <laughs> what What's happening? So like, so this is a budget deck, right? Uh, yeah,
0: to say the least. Yeah.
1: So, you're playing, so the only reason I could possibly think you'd play Painter over Dark Confidant is, is the budget, yeah. Or, or, you need to be priced into attacking with your aggro deck. <laughs> <laughs> you have to attack with it. You have to tap your Painter. <laughs>
0: yeah, or oh, wait, you.
1: Oh no! It's a combo with the vehicles.
0: When we can tap it and top reveal the top card of to your library and put that card in your hand, do you lose life? Yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah, but you tap it to crew a smuggler's copter. Yeah. And then you draw a card, and then when it untaps in your upkeep, you, you reveal, oh, get back.
0: another so card. Be-
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what this
0: deck is doing. No. um, I mean, I assume it's just curving nicely into the smuggler's copter and winning that way.
1: Curving <laughs> <So, laughs> kind of so, nice to one drop a smuggler's copter, win the
0: game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's playing <laughs> uh, it's playing 11 one drops, so yeah, you play your. Bloodsoaked champion, and then you play a Smuggler's Copter the next turn, and then go digging for your th- 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 thought teasers, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I don't understand what the game plan is. To...
0: No, so this was before the unbanning, or was this after the unbanning?
1: Twenty-fifth of February. So this is after. This is after the unbanning. So yeah, this is, I, bel- I Hang on, I don't want to. I don't want to look like an idiot. I believe so.
0: Yeah, when you look at the the deck that came first, was playing three copies of Jason Light yeah, Sculptor. Just, so, sure,
1: this is post Unbound. Post Unbound. I mean, this isn't like hot tech to beat Bloodbraid Elf and Jace, right?
0: Uh, I mean, I I feel like it would do fairly badly against Bloodbraid Elf, <laughs> especially if they're running those Colligens, Command, and Ancient Grudges that we talked about earlier. Yeah, it's running. Yeah, it's like seven artifacts.
1: Oh wait, no, Gift of Averborn is a two three.
0: Yeah, it's a two three, but and
1: then everything else is an X one or an X two.
0: Yeah. And then you've got your seven artifacts on top of that. <laughs> yeah. like,
1: it's just it's just great. I just love this deck. Yeah. Um, no,
0: like absolutely you know, congratulations to Patrick Casey for, for absolutely. Take, <laughs> taking it at the top four of uh, modern IQ, like props. It's
1: great, it's
0: better than I've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hands down here. Yeah. Uh yeah. definitely definitely better than I've done. Although um segueing nicely into our end step from there. Oh, yeah. uh, I do have a story about a not quite an IQ but a PPTQ. So standard PPTQ the other week, um, mm-hmm. playing blue-white approach, just the sort of deck that I talked about earlier. Were you playing
1: Cataclysmic
0: Gear Hulk? Uh, I was. That was my my. Excellent. I was playing si- uh, 61 cards in my main nice. board, and <laughs> that one was the the Cataclysm Gear Gear Hulk. That was a. Uh, oh. <laughs> to be honest, it didn't do a lot of work in the tournament, but okay, you know, I got to write it on deck list and submit it. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy sure. enough for that. So <laughs> we're playing for the uh, top eight position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on a. Oh no, sorry, it was it was the round before that. So I needed to win uh, to be able to con- to be able to ID in the next round to get myself into top eight. Yep. So my opponent is also playing blue white approach to the second zone. Mm-hmm. which is it's an interesting ma- matchup basically it comes down to whoever ca- whoever casts the first approach wins essentially because yep. you're always going to be you're always going to be behind whoever whoever casts it yeah so we're playing a good game it's the uh i think i think it went all the way to the third game you know build up board states count each other spells we're getting there we're getting there i cast my approach for the second zone the first one of the game cast so i'm yep. like great okay now i just need to you know, I need to stall. I know he's probably got counter spells in his hand, but you know, we need to see we need to see what happens. Yeah. So past the turn, uh, my opponent casts an approach of the second sun. <laughs> Great. I'm like, okay. Okay. So you know, we're we're fairly deep into that at that point in the game. We've got plenty of mana open. Um I still had two mana open in the gate in hand as well, so I thought, well, you know, I can counter that if I need to, but it's approach to the second one one and one. You just you let the first one resolve. The first one doesn't matter. The yeah, second one, second one, you got to counter. Cool. Yeah. So that happens. He casts that, uh, and then he activates his uh, his field of ruin. Taps yep. out. Ta- taps out to activate his field of ruin to destroy my Ascanta, which is, this is fair enough. after it's resolved. So this is after it's resolved. Yeah. So okay. obviously, so I can't go digging for it next turn and then so yeah, should, attempt should, to win sure. the turn for that. So he. Uh, he taps out to activate his Field of Ruin and destroys my Ascander land, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's fair enough, it's a good tactic. It means I, okay. I can't dig, I haven't got an Hypnoiruvial Ipne- out because I'm only playing two of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all oh, right, okay, sure, it resolves. Uh, I go go and fetch an Islander, hand my deck to my opponent to shuffle, shuffles it, hands it back to me. He's all tapped out, and I draw an approach of the second and off the top. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It was... Absolutely sweet, uh, and that won me. That won me the the round. Um, I so that, that put you in top eight. That essentially need. that put me in a top eight. Uh, straight, 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 straight. Look, completely. It was there? That's
1: that's why you put cards in your deck that so say win the game, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Game. That's, so that's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was my end step story for this week. Uh, do you have one?
1: I have one that's slightly similar. Okay. It's just an ephemeral level story, but I'm, so I'm playing my Battle Approach deck. Yeah. Right? Normally you're the first one to cast the Approach because you're ramping, right? So yeah. So you have seven mana before turn seven. Sure. So I'm playing against like traditional blue-white, like, similar to your list. Yeah. I'm watching better because it's not playing Gearhawk, but... <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> um, some would say worse.
1: <laughs> I would not be one of those people. <laughs> um, so my opponent goes turn seven, cast Approach to second seven. Yeah tapping out and I go yeah sure and then I go cast approach the second son um, and pass and just go well okay so we just we both cast them we just get them out of the way and then we can continue playing a game and we can fight over these approaches yeah for sure and then my opponent casts approach the second son <laughs> <laughs> and I go oh dear Oh <laughs> and then uh, I then reveal to my opponent that I have a co- copy of approach the second son in my hand oh no that I was about to cast that makes sense to win the uh... game so I mean, just go approach 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 show you an approach it's <laughs> It's a great mirror match, which requires a lot of skill and a lot of thought, because you just jam a card on the table. Yeah,
0: I, I think it's it's fast becoming one of my favourite standard decks of all time, I think. Um, yeah,
1: this, I think, so my version, I haven't played a lot with the blue-white control sort of version. Yeah. But the version I'm playing, like, it's the most fun I've had in standard for, like, I think since Jeskai Black was in standard. Okay, yeah. which quite um, some time now because i love Jason's probably yeah that's yeah, great yeah. um but yeah like, like this is the most fun i've had in standard because there's so many decisions and it's there's so much interaction Um it's great and you don't give your scarab god opponent scarab god targets yeah.
0: yeah sure yeah absolutely that's one of the advantages of playing that deck in particular you're you know, you're playing very minimum amount of creatures. So yeah, you haven't got sort of nasty reanimation targets for your opponent's Scarab Guard. You get to play lots of counter spells if you, you know, if you want to. If that's your your game, which I know is certainly mine. So it's it's a deck I'm having a lot of fun
1: with. It's absolutely not mine, but <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, I mean,
0: I f- I feel like the last sort of last couple of months of standard before the bannings were they weren't great. I mean, I was still playing approach at the time. It was it was okay. It, I was, you know, it, like, it, it's old. Yeah, it, it did its job, but yeah, you just sometimes you just you just couldn't beat team energy. Yeah, and it was
1: just boring. Like you go to a PPTQ and you just play against like um, a tune with vapor. Yeah, like six times, and you just I'm sick of this card
0: Yeah, it was yeah every round you, you know your opponent goes all right, forest a tune go and it's like well, I know exactly how this is going to play out.
1: Yeah, because I'm I'm the kind of person that normally I finish I finish tournament even if I'm like you know. Of five. Like I'll finish it out because I enjoy playing Magic, right? I, I invest a lot of time and money on this game, so I want to play some Magic. But that period of standard, I just dropped from so many events because I'm not, I'm not sitting here just jamming this sort of this energy mirror or whatever over and over again because that's not fun for me. Yeah, for sure. Like, I've come to PBTU to win it basically, um, and whereas normally with events I go to them because I enjoy playing Magic and I want to have fun, but that that standard just was not inducive of a fun. No, I agree fully on that. Oh God. But it's over now, and now we're having loads of fun in Standard, and it's sweet. Yeah, and all it took were,
0: you know, seven cards banned in Standard at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fine.
1: I think that's fine.
0: Yeah, um, like, it's, you know, they, mistakes were made, and absolutely. I I fully think that they have corrected those mistakes, so, yeah, yeah it is what it is.
1: Yeah, I think we're, we're like, a, a, a few months too late for, for this hot take, but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly, but hey, maybe...
1: I, I, I think Standard's great.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. Standard is in a, a very good place at the moment. But yeah, maybe that's something we can talk about on a, on a future episode. So of your state of standard and your favourite standard front formats or favourite standard decks uh, throughout the years.
1: Absolutely. That sounds great. That's good idea. Yeah, it. Cool. Yeah. So I guess
0: I guess that's yeah, all we've got for today. So initially we had, the podcast is called Hour of Devastation because we want to present you with an hour of hopefully interesting discussion or talk or you know, opinions on the state of Magic the Gathering uh, Just, Currently uh, we are Sorry,
1: sorry. sorry. We, we, we'll have to call it more than an hour of devastation
0: Yeah, maybe <laughs> I mean, we're looking at the approach of the second hour at the moment <laughs> That's good
1: That's Yeah,
0: yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think given that we are meant to be an hour of devastation uh, the god Pharaoh has returned, so we shall call it a day